dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal. Straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash DJ Killer Kev. Once again, it's on You Can't Make This Up podcast, Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. Anything happened in your world this weekend, boss? Uh, yeah, man, I had my baby. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah, partner. Appreciate that. It was it was funny, man. We uh, over the, over this last weekend, uh, was having a little contraction, a little just a little. She noticing her body changing, you know. So we was kind of wondering when it was coming. She had an appointment Monday. They checked her. She was already four to five centimeters, so she was halfway to to baby already. Right. So uh, water water hadn't broke, so. Woke up Tuesday, I'm like, we going to work? What are we doing? <laughs> She's like, yeah, we just go. My water ain't broke. She stood about the bed and party was started. <laughs> so we uh, we had the baby um, Thursday the 19th. Okay. Eight pound, 13 ounces. A day before my mom's birthday. What do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost a Leo. I'm a little salty. You know, my birthday July 31st. Right, right, so right. I wanted her to be at least a Leo with me, but I guess she's going to be a cancer. So. There it is, But yeah, man, man. everybody's good. Baby's doing well, so I'm just trying to catch up on sleep now. <laughs> How are the big sisters doing, man? Man, they good, man. I uh my uh oldest, of course, she's she's all she's on board hundred percent. She's daddy and mommy little helper. She ready to do whatever, whenever. Uh my seven year old, she's still she's helping it, but she's like taking it she I can tell she's maybe nervous about the baby. Like she's kind of hesitant so mm-hmm. we talking to her you know the baby cries because that's all she knows how to do she's not hurting she's not you know like so i could tell her that's bothering her a little mm-hmm. a little 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 cute seven-year-old looking concerned so but up, uh man. all yeah man everybody's happy there uh they was uh helping out a lot since we've been home so awesome man. Well. shout out to my babies camilla carmen i know they be wanting to listen so i give y'all the intro or the outro so, so today you got the intro <laughs> yeah, we about to get deep. Man. Daddy about to do some cussing. I'm yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> That's all they get: intro or outro. Right, absolutely. And obviously, you attended the service for DJ Doc Strange. Absolutely. That's it's been a, it's been a ton of emotions for me over the week, man. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, DJ Doc Strange, he had his uh, funeral services over the weekend down in Cincinnati. So we, uh, me and DJ Tay. Uh, drove, wrote, wrote, I rode out there with him, and we went to the services. And a uh, great, be- beautiful service. It was, I'm for me, just the way I deal with death. I've seen a lot of it from the army side and the mm-hmm. medic side, and being that that medical field. I've seen a lot of it, but when it's somebody I know, like I don't like that to be my last memory of their right. body, not how I remember them. So I, I only like open caskets. For me, it, it doesn't give me closure. It doesn't. Some people need that for their closure. So I got there a little after that was, you know, over. I heard they had open casket. I'm mm-hmm. not for sure, but that's what I heard. I got there a little after 11. The service was going on. Choir sounded good. A lot of great friends came up and told some amazing stories, just showing the kind of person he was. So it was a great service, man. It was a it was a way to lay my boy to rest. Absolutely, so. man. Who no easy way to transition, man. Nah, no man, easy way to transition yeah. with stuff like that, man. Shout out to OPZ too, man. I know that him and O were. That's how I met Strange. I, real quick, real quick. Go ahead, brother. At the funeral, it was, you know, you you know, you're just in that funeral. You don't feel like you know you're gonna be crying. You know, you're gonna be emotional. 
I got there, and we were like the first ones to get in the what's it called, like vestibule area of the mm-hmm. church, because because the inside was just packed, like there packed. was nowhere to sit. So we were one of the first ones to get in there to where we could position ourselves to see the service, but not be in there. But it was real hot in the church. They ended up opening the doors, but I was standing there, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, I met Strange through Opeezy. Mm-hmm. Well, a guy by the name of Ryan Gresham who went to college with Strange at Wittenberg. Okay. He's the, he's the one that introduced Opeezy to Strange. He comes walking in. So, like, within a minute out of the 400 people that were there, the person that introduced me, Opeezy, he's mm. in, he was a pallbearer for the service, so he's, mm. in, he's in the service. Right. And then the person that introduced him coming in, and we're all, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just all talking. Like, that, that, that moment for me just was, like, Kind of weird, you know. Like, at all people that could have walked in, it was him. It's a small world, bro. Yeah, man. So that was that was just the moment for me. But my brother the- always tells me that, you know, um, when I was younger, I always thought Cleveland was the best city in the world, only place I ever wanted to be, never wanted to leave. And it, he would always tell me, like, dude, the world is bigger than this neighborhood that yeah. you live in. The world is bigger than the high school that you go to. And if it wasn't for him, I probably would have went to Cleveland State, right. graduated from Cleveland State, <laughs> yeah. working at a bank in Cleveland, yeah. and just been, eh, you know, this is what it is. So yeah. the world is small, man, but it's a lot of things out here in this small world, yeah. man, that we got to get out there and see. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. you know, you meet a lot of cool people along the way, man. you know what I'm saying? Man. That's that's the biggest point about it, man, so definitely definitely celebrating his life man so today i'm I'm having a little dummy moment with my dj music (laughs) i feel like he up there messing with me so i'm gonna i'm gonna spend my evenings trying to fix my dummy mistakes of backing up my music i done made a few errors so i gotta fix that so normally that would be my phone call you know i hit up strange he'll talk me through it quicker than apple will or serato will or you know so now i gotta go home and learn so learn on your shout to strange put me to work googles (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm pretty tech savvy because i'm actually trying to put in a terabyte onto my laptop and upgrade the ram and all that stuff like that so uh i'm backing my computer up before i even do that because (laughs) absolutely things go wrong not having that backup I've, i've been there before early in my dj career i lost all my music I kept it all on the external, not on the internal, and lost everything. It all. Everything I lost. What was that process back? Man, I lost. Let's say I had ten thousand songs. I lost nine thousand nine hundred eighty of them. Like I had like fifteen twenty songs in my iTunes, but I kept all my music on my external. External crashed. I was toast. So that phone call to OPZ, please, uh-huh. bro, let me borrow your external for a night to just download. But then I had to go through his music, you know, and go, make all that connect. So it was, it was a process, man. But never again. So I keep all my stuff backed up. I had a new terabyte I bought, and I keep like two or three backups, and I was just using that. The backup so I, to the backup. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, killer man, I got my homie on the line, man. It's it's a lot of dudes I respect, but you know, I will put this guy up there high, like my brother number one. And he's somewhere in between uh, two and three. Okay. And he'll hold me to that later on in life, too. <laughs> Trust me, man. My homie, Jay Mack, when he speaks about stuff, I actually listen to him and kind of do my research on a lot of stuff that he says, man. So, uh, Jay Mack, what's good? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, I appreciate the, the, the intro, man. You got me over here blushing. <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason we wanted to have you on the pod today is because uh, – 
you know, I know you're very Afrocentric, I guess I could say, and uh, very pro-black and doing your research and knowing about yourself and knowing what you're getting into before you dive into it. And you had a post on uh, Facebook and you said something along the lines of uh, just because you put your money into a black bank doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be like out here giving you the hookup just because you black. And uh, people that don't know your history used to work at a financial institution. And uh, now you're working down there in Houston you by way of Hamilton, Ohio, and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so could you speak on that, man, what you meant by that, what you said on Facebook? Yeah, people have to... Whenever you have a movement of people who aren't educated, you're always going to have a situation where you're going to run into problems down the line. And um, while I commend all these guys like Killer Mike who's telling you know everybody... All the, the, the black community, we need to move our money to a black bank. Um, there's going to be some issues in the in the future. You got to understand that a bank, for one, no matter if it's white owned or black owned, is a business. Um, they have to do certain things to be able to keep the lights on, you know, and and you know pay you know their employees and you know whatever investors they have. So that's number one. Um, Number two, black people as as a community, we don't have any money. Like we get it and we spend it. And with that, I just spent some this weekend. <laughs> exactly. So the bank can't then make loans on that money because it doesn't stay in the bank long enough. So they take your your savings accounts and then they take that and then they're able to lend against those savings accounts that you have in the bank. If we're not keeping money in the bank, then they have no way of using that money. Right. That's deep. You know, <laughs> no, I just said that's deep. Yeah. So, and then what you're going to end up having long term is you're going to have people who think, you know, they don't have any money in the bank. They were turned down for different loans, um, home loans, um, business loans by white institutions. And they're going to say, oh, okay, I'm going to go to this black bank. And they're going to approve me, and that's just not what's going to happen. So then they're going to get upset with the black bank, and then we don't have any patience with our people. So when they get upset, when you get those mail-ins from Chase, $100 to open up an account with direct deposit, mm -hmm. they're going to go right back to the white institution. Hey, I ain't even going to front. I remember uh, I got hit with that script before <laughs> it opened up me a Chase account, and I, uh, I had that account probably for like a year. And I ain't never put, I probably put maybe 50 bucks into the account and just let it sit there. And it's like, because I was so used to my bank that I was already with. So how do people go from that transition to try to get to a new financial institution to say, like, if they're at a key bank or whatever, and they want to jump over to Jimmy Max Black Bank or whatever, how, do, how would you suggest that they do that? Or would you even suggest they do that? Well, they have to educate the people at the very beginning and say, listen. Okay, um, just because you, you know, open up an account here doesn't mean that we're going to just be able to just approve you for whatever loan that you want. Like I had a, um, on my post, just because everybody at the family reunion say, you know, grandma's sweet potato pie recipe is lit doesn't mean now you can go open up a restaurant. <laughs> banks don't even lend for restaurants anyway. It's like one of the worst investments you can get into banks leave that alone completely um but that's what we're going to be thinking about and the businesses that we're going to think about opening are going to really be viable i mean everybody's going to want to open up you know a um 
a daycare or something of that nature. You can't have a thousand daycares in the same community. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. So it has to be education up front and say, listen, you know, we have to put programs out there to educate people, put them in a situation where they actually can save money, then go ahead and educate them on credit and how that works and things of that nature. Or That's it's not going to work. We're going to be, we're going to go backwards and we're going to be in a worse situation than we were in the beginning from when we moved our money to the black banks in the first place. That's what I was going to say, because savings, you know, starting out with even teaching people how to open a bank account, but to save money, like you said, to have the live within the means to save money. That's definitely important because I know firsthand coming from a young man that went to the military and just kind of let life be life. Now I spent the end of my thirties, twenties and beginning of my thirties fixing it, you know, so <laughs> So I definitely right. like the importance of that up front. Like you said, just opening the building doesn't solve it or just saying you're a member of the bank doesn't doesn't help. You need to have your money in the bank. too. So. Exactly. And people don't understand, like, if you want to get a home loan, there's there's things that go into it. Like, what's your, your credit score? What's your debt-to-income ratio? Mm-hmm. Like, how much money, what's your gross versus how much you pay out every month in to uh, for credit accounts, whether it's loans or credit cards. You know, if you have a high debt-to-income ratio, you're not going to be approved for that loan um, a lot of times, even if you do happen to have a high credit score. But for the most part, usually if you have a high debt-to-income ratio, then you probably don't have a high credit score in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are those things. Um, when you want to open up a business, and let's say you already have a business and you want to come in and you want to get a loan, um, what's your global cash flow? Um, like I said, I worked at Chase. I did everything from an investment rep to a branch manager, uh, business banker. What's your global cash flow? At Chase, it was you had to make a dollar twenty-five for every dollar that you owe, and that's global. So if you own two businesses, let's just say you own a restaurant and you own a um, dry cleaning business, mm-hmm. and your dry cleaning business is very successful, but when you factor in um, the uh, the restaurant, if that drops your cash flow below that one twenty five to one ratio, because they're going to look at all the all everything, you own, mm-hmm. then that's going to put you in a position where you're not going to be able to get the loan. That's crazy. So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Understand that, then you are able to put yourself in position to be able to to be able to get whatever loan you're looking for. Why do you think in the black community it seems like those are the go-to businesses, uh, car wash, uh, barbershops, and things of that nature, and daycares? Those are like always the main three go-tos and the ones that you actually see in our community. You know, that's a good question. And the issue comes to try not to get way too deep in the weeds, if I'm going to keep it just surface level. The issue is because our grandfather didn't own a business. Um. I work for uh, NASA, and I just awarded a company, I mean, a contract for over $3 million, just one contract to a company. And sitting at the table, all these people have the same last name, mm-hmm. from the president on down, which means this is a family business. Right. And now they're doing multi-million dollar businesses, and I'm sure the oldest guy at the table wasn't the one that started. His dad. His generational. Dad started. Exactly. It's generational. So, because grandfather or great-grandfather didn't start a business, we're starting from scratch. And and usually we've gotten ourselves in a position, we've gotten in a little bit of trouble, um, 
we, we haven't had like a, like a, a plan on what am I going to do, how I'm going to get there. And then you're at a point where you're further down in line. Sometimes because of how the system is set up, we have a record. So it's like I can't get a job. So let me do something I know. Well, you know what? I've been cutting hair all my life. Let me do that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being us in a situation where because we come from stable households, you know, your parents sit down with you. You can come up with a plan. Maybe you work for a company for five, ten years. You develop that expertise, and then you become a consultant or whatever you were doing there. You go on your own and start your own company doing that. Like we don't have that type of thing. Do you think that's something out of uh, something that we just learned from our parents? Like get a job, work, <laughs> get a job, work yeah. hard. <laughs> Or do you think it's out of fear, like a fear, a fear of failure? Like, exactly. yo, like I don't want to go out there and mess up what I already got. I got a good paying job. My dental is good. My medical is good. Everything's rolling. I'm stacking a little bit here. Why risk it? Why roll the dice on something that I don't know? Maybe I won't get that support from my community that I really want to do something. But man, I can't mess up this good thing I got rolling. Is that something that you think that? That us black people, or people in general, it's not just black people, people in general just have that fear? It's definitely, it's both. It's people in general. But you got to understand, though, it, it, it starts out from your, your parents. Because usually your confidence or lack thereof was instilled in you from the household. Long time ago, your mom lied to you and told you you could do anything that you wanted to do. <laughs> you believed it, and then you were successful. Or... She didn't tell you that, so you just went about not feeling like you could accomplish whatever you wanted to. So it, it, it definitely starts in the household. But then we do get in a situation where we develop a level of comfort. Um, now, because most households, black households, 70%, I think the number is, is single mothers, that means we're not getting married. So we don't have that spouse that also help us through that comfort level. Dual income. Yeah, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> so if you have a hustle then and you are married, then your spouse can say, hey, you know what? I, we plan together. We got this money, you know, saved up. We're in a position we can do it. Go ahead and go what you want to do business-wise. But when you don't have that, you only want an income, then it becomes maybe it's too great of a risk to take on as an individual. So that's another thing. I mean, marriage, family is business. Yeah, I was going to you know, ask you about that, too. Yeah, it, it's business. You know, we get we get married for the wrong reasons. She's cute, got a nice body. Yeah, buddy. I think I like her. <laughs> you know, we don't come together as, okay, look, this is what I'm, I'm thinking about. This is what I want. Oh, I want the same things. We can build together. Let's make this happen. Yeah, that's a lack in the black community for sure. <laughs> because uh, before I remember you said something about uh, the Kardashian clan or whatever. Like, yo, they in it straight for the money. No matter what it is, they in it for the money. Like, they willing to do whatever to keep their thing rolling. And obviously, turning your uh, ex-husband into a woman is literally <laughs> the peak of everything. <laughs> right. About that life. Right. Yeah, it's all family. They, they all come together, they collab together, they're in business together. I, I mean, we don't trust one another, you know, so we can't, we can't do that. You know, you know your, your brother, your sister, whatever, little shady, 
you know, not good with money. Trust them. <laughs> we can't, we can't build like that. You know, all the successful. I mean, there's a lot of successful families out there, like the one percent that we always talk about. The top one percent mm-hmm. is a family. It's not a person. You know, it's a family. Mm-hmm. So if we build together a family, I'm talking about you know husbands and wives, you know, and you know brothers and sisters all coming together. It's a family thing. Right. Like, we don't have that. You know, so we're all out here as individuals trying to figure it out. So do you think the black bank thing is good, bad, or indifferent? The black bank thing? Yeah, like people actually putting their money into a black bank. I think it's bad. Mm. I think it's bad because, like I said, the people aren't educated. Right now, black banks look good because they haven't told me no yet. (laughs) So the whole black bank thing is cool on an individual basis. You talk to people, oh, yeah, that's cool. But as soon as I go to that black bank and I change none of my habits and then they tell me no, it's, see, I knew I shouldn't have been messing with them black folks anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's going to be a complete negative. It's going to be, I'm going to completely turn them off. Because if Chase does something that you don't like, it's not a white bank. It's Chase. I'll just go to Wells Fargo. Yeah. But if, you know, Taylor's Bank. Pro Africa United <laughs> Bank. Yeah. Me, it's, it's messing with a black bank. <laughs> and then you're going to just cut it off completely. That's funny, man, because uh, I tell people this all the time, man. I've been with Key Bank since I was uh, 16 years old. I'm 37 now. And I remember I got my first paycheck from, uh, where was I working at? Oakwood Country Club. Got my first paycheck. Moms took me straight up to the bank. Like, you open an up account. I was trying to hit up the ABC checking joint <laughs> and straight cash out and go get me my new J-Bone. She was like, but not really, though. She was like, you have a uh, 50 bucks should be good for two weeks. <laughs> like, you ain't got no car. <laughs> what you need a whole paycheck in your pocket for? So, I mean, like, I think I, think I got taught good banking principles from my uh, brother and my mom. But just to hear from a different perspective someone that was actually in banking i ran into i wouldn't say issues but you know i think i had pretty good credit so when i went to uh get a, a loan for the house you know once i once they came back with my credit score like oh man you're great blah 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 you're uh, pre-approved and everything like that i felt like it was a lot of fast talk like once once it was like oh yeah we can we can get you approved it wasn't that big learning process that i really needed that I had to go to other people for to learn, like, okay, well, make sure you ask these questions and make sure you ask those questions. Do you find that some banks just like once, once you're good to go, so to speak, do they try, try to fast track you into spending more money than you really have budgeted for yourself? You got to understand that it's every time somebody does a loan application for you, that's money in the bank for somebody once it closes. Right. For the person who's setting you up, that's money in the bank. Now, the other thing you got to take in consideration is look at who you're you're talking to. I sold, I convinced so many people to get into home loans, and I didn't even own a home myself. Mm, that's deep. So you got people telling, I mean, you have people telling you how to invest your money so you will be well taken care of in retirement, but they're still working. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have their own business. They're still working for a company. So it's like, well, why am you taking your money 
and done this to where you're not even working to have this conversation with me. Those are the kind of things that you got to take into consideration. These people are salespeople. Now, for me personally, in my background, I did extra study because I always wanted to know as many details about things as possible. So when I was a banker and I was in the inner city in East Dayton, I was in the top 17% in the country dealing with people who were in neighborhoods of super wealthy people. So I was in the top 17% being in the inner city branch because I listened to what you were telling me that you wanted, and then I would tell you what you needed to actually accomplish your goal. And then I educated those people around me. Now, I spent more time with them than the average person would, but that was morally, that's what I felt like I had to do. And the money's going to come, mm-hmm. you know. But so when you take into consideration these things, like, you know, asking like, hey, do you own a home? And they're like, well, no. What, well, how do you really know all the ins and outs of this process if you haven't even been through that process yourself? You know? Wow. Uh, you tell me I should invest my money in this? Is this where your money is? And if so, let me see your statement. <laughs> so you got all my money information. You asked all my financial information. I got it all out here on the table. Let me see your statement. Let me see what your growth what your is. Yeah, show me your growth. <laughs> exactly. And what you'll understand is, is even when you lose money in a lot of these mutual funds, the bank still makes money. The guy that sold you the fund still makes money. You're the only one who loses. I was reading somewhere... You know, we had that uh, the banking collapse and everything like that. Do you see something like that happening again? Now, the sad part is, I kind of hope so. Hey, I made a lot of don't money. Don't say that. I, that <laughs> I just bought a crib. <laughs> well, see, I bought a lot of houses during that time. Now, I personally don't care if the value goes up or down because I'm not in the business of flipping properties. So, flipping a house. Or even when you buy a house for your, yourself, I mean, it's one of those things, it's like gambling. Mm-hmm. Now, my tenants are going to come back to me and say, hey, I noticed that the value of your property went down $30,000. Can I get that rent lowered? Uh, no. Uh, I got you. With you for what the current market dictates as fair rental value for this. So I don't get all into that, you know. I'm saving as much money as I can now, so the next time that boom comes, I'm going to cash out, and everybody else should. Deregulation is a beautiful thing if you are prepared for when it comes around. How you spell your name on Facebook, brother? I need to lock you in. <laughs> it's uh, J-I-M-M-Y-M-A-C. Now, just be clear, my bro J-Mac is here for the... Uh discussion and definitely here for uh some arguing too because he will set you straight he has no hezzy <laughs> on uh setting people straight oh not at all <laughs> not at all I'm, I'm unbiased it's, it's the truth and then it's everything else and even when it comes to me what you said about the whole fear thing i shouldn't have a boss right now mm-hmm. you know but like the great philosopher sean Corey corner said Oh. My hustle's doing too good right now. I feel like, ooh, do I want to step all the way out there now? Because cause I'm comfortable. And comfort is the devil. Yeah. You know, if things <laughs> That's what everybody's searching for. Work, that's what everybody's yeah. chasing. So Exactly. That's what I'm chasing. Exactly. I know I'm, I got three daughters and 
trying to bounce back from early mistakes. And it's like, I just don't want to live check to check. I just don't want to, you know, I want to get to where, you know, if something I need to drop 10, 15,000 on something, five, even 5,000, you know, like that's the goal. So it's like, once you get to comfort, then what? Mm. Yeah. As well, if you're, if you have a job, then you are living check to check. Right. And you're never totally comfortable because I don't know about, I mean, you know, I've known Kev, we go back almost 20 years. I mean, he goes to work with a smile on the face, really enjoys his job. But at the end of the day, to not have to go to work <laughs> is a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's the total comfort to be able to move how you want to do. And it is one of those things that we have to continuously be honest with ourselves and not allow ourselves to be comfortable. Because I can form an argument why I shouldn't go out and do other things. But I'm not the type of person that allows myself to lie to myself. That's you know, I can sit back and say, I'm cool. I really don't need to. Yes, I do. Because I'm the type of person, when that alarm goes off Monday through Friday, I'm like, yeah. You one of them dudes that's hype when uh, Monday come around? No, nah, I'd be, I'd be upset. Now, when every other Friday come around, I'd be like, you know what, that's payday. I'd be like, you know what, maybe it wasn't that bad. But then by Saturday, that feeling wears off, and then I go back to Sunday where I'm like, man, what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> now, I definitely wanted to ask you uh, some little football talk. I know we get into it constantly. We always put our Super Bowl predictions out. We about what, like six weeks away from kickoff. Now I'm surrounded by two Bengals. Who they? Who they? <laughs> I don't need to remind y'all what happened in the playoffs, do I? Here we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wanted to get your quick outtake on your y'all bangles, man. Both of y'all, man. I think we need a receiver. Yeah, we lost a lot. Yeah. Sanu's a loss. Marvin Jones is a loss. I think we need a receiver. I think we need a DB. Yeah. Um, Hall getting old. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think with um, you know, the last few years we've always gone into it looking good. Dalton was looking amazing last year. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dalton not getting hurt. We in the AFC Championship, definitely. No question. I admit that. That's no. That's no doubt, man. I. As a Steelers fan, you know, I saw that, and I saw y'all playing good ball all season long, and I would see Killer tag another post, another one, <laughs> another one. I'd be like, these niggas will not go away. They will not bangle right. up on me until right. Dalton got hurt, and that's when, not the bottom fell out, but, I mean, you know, I mean, shoot, the game versus Steelers, the game was in the bag. Y'all had the game in the bag, yeah. man, and I was then, just like, then, man. Then the bungle moment <laughs> happens. Thank the heavens. <laughs> Jesus. Man, so what's your prediction for this season, man? What y'all going to do, man? You know, football is always crazy because injuries happen. Right. I'm going to say, barring injury, I can say with my chest puffed out, barring injury, the Cincinnati Bengals. AFC champions. Taking the 5 1 3 all the way to the Super Bowl. Let's go. <laughs> now, I'm a, you know, I'm going to edit out that barring injury part and be like, nigga, you said. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm gonna say the only team that could give us any kind of issue, and it's about to pain me that this is gonna actually come out my lips, 
is the Steelers. That's damn right, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers is the only team that I feel like can give us any kind of issue. But when we whoop the Steelers, <laughs> I, that's it. We all the way to the Super Bowl. And then I don't even see anybody in the NFC being able to. I, I say the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Forget that. No ball and injury. I'm saying the Bengals going <laughs> to win. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. That's don't what I'm get, talking about. You getting killer over here, so let's go. Up. Oh boy, let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Because who who can beat us in the NFC? I mean, you know, it's this dude down in Carolina got a pretty nasty defense with his squad. I mean, it's a bad man up in Green Bay. I mean, it's some teams out there, man. It's some squads. Okay. So either Aaron Rodgers now runs a four three forty. Or they got that offensive line taken care. I don't think they did. No. I don't know that they got that offensive line taken care. Now, Cam Newton, their defense was the Buffalo Bills defense that went to four straight or lost four straight Super Bowls. It's a <laughs> bend but don't break. They got gashed in in, in, in places. True that. Yeah. I mean, but you saw what they did to y'all former quarterback Carson Palmer in the NFC Championship game, right? Y'all saw how he was out there. Four picks? Lots yeah. of gimme those. I don't know what happened to Carson. I'm glad we got rid of him. <laughs> yeah, he was... <laughs> that y'all went ahead and set him up and tore out his knee. Yeah, that was that was it for him. <laughs> Shout out to Kimo Overhoffen. That was it for him. As soon as that knee was done, he was he was no yeah. longer the, the Carson of old. But we was winning the whole we was winning the whole thing that year. Yes. Y'all was like the easy just get by round. Oh, really? <laughs> You know who yeah. won the Super Bowl that year, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Jay Mack, I also wanted to ask you about something you was real quiet on this year. Them NBA, that NBA action, and uh, your boy Kobe. I mean, I ain't hear you talk about Kobe until his very last game. Listen, this is how Kobe was, right? Kobe is Kobe. Kobe is the greatest Second greatest. There you go. There you go. <laughs> next to Jordan. And had Kobe grew up in the hood, he would be praised like no other. But Kobe is cold. Now that last year, when Kobe wanted to turn it on, he gave you buckets. Man, he had one game all season, bro. <laughs> and it was number 82. <laughs> it was the very last one. And wasn't, he was saving it up for that one game. Like, yo, I'm going out blazing. He going out like Watch Tony this. Montana. No, he had a lot of games where he was knocking people off. But who does that at his age? Matter of fact, nigga, he our age. Yeah, he, he our age. He ain't got no job. <laughs> he an athlete. That's different. <laughs> Talking about some, oh, he ain't flipping them fries like he used to because he's 38. Like, no, 38, your fly flip game should even be better than it was when you was 18. <laughs> but when it comes to hooping, that's different. Like, who has logged in that many minutes that he has and was still – I mean, he had games where we got old Kobe. It wasn't just one game. <laughs> I'm hating. <laughs> he, had, he had several games where he dropped it. Now, I wish he would have went ahead and played one more year and maybe try to see if he could at least, you know, add some more points to the to the list. But you know, some real Kobe selfish shit. 
one thing I always compare Kobe to, I compare it to military because in the military, you know, you search for that 20 years and mm-hmm. you can retire. Then you get to go, you know, do chase your next dream. But some of those guys from year 15 to 20 be fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. their bodies be through. You know, they just they just through. And to see that man, you know, from an athlete side, from an athletic side, 20 years of being at the top of the top, you know, like, like that's commendable. So I've always respect Kobe on that for sure. Right. I mean, I, I hate his guts, but I mean, I respect him. Because <laughs> he, he was giving mellow in your nuts. <laughs> I, which I ain't heard you say nothing about the Nuggets or Carmelo. Because there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing to talk about. He's been supporting the 216. Yeah, I had to pull out uh, my 216 card for uh, a quick minute. Uh-huh. Yeah. So why is uh, Carmelo chaperoning in the, uh, the Olympics, though? I mean, because, I mean, he know that's his only chance. At, like, he about to do a Kobe and wait till that gold medal game. That's what he going to do. That's what he, that's what he going to do. Wait till the last game and just turn it off of 51 points. I'm going to keep it real. This is why Melo is playing in the Olympics, man, because he knows NBA, like, he's never winning a chip. This is his gold ticket for the Hall of Fame. Like, hey, I can be the first player on the men's basketball team to get three gold medals. That's that's why he's playing, dude. Let's keep it real, man. That's the only reason he's playing. Well, you never know. He might call up LeBron and Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade. And Kevin Durant and like four <laughs> other All Stars, they might take, you know, super pay cuts and then go to like the Grizzlies and, <laughs> and get loose. No, because there's one thing I know about Melo. He about his money, dog. He is not taking no pay cuts. He maxing out on every contract. Yeah, and right. just to see the homies walking away, walking away with big deals. Delhi walking away with ten million a year. Boy, I'm telling you. Durant is a sucker, too, by the oh. way, for this last month. Okay, go ahead. Let it out. <laughs> now, now I have two thoughts to this. Like, some people be on Facebook going in, like, you know, like, it was they money. <laughs> it was they franchise that they owned that he left. And I'm like, no, it's not that deep. From a basketball standpoint, I think it's whack. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's corny from a basketball standpoint. Like, why would you go to that team? Now. I would have signed the same deal that he signed at Golden State with the Thunder because in the next year, if Westbrook left, then I was going to leave too. Right. You got the easy out. Like, oh, man, Westbrook left, so, man, wasn't nothing here. I'm gone. Right. So I did a two-year deal, the player option after one, and Westbrook vamped out of it like, hey, I'm out too. Or what's the deal with Westbrook? We're like, hey, let's go to a squad together. You know how they do that whole collaborating thing. I'd have done that. But to go to um, Golden State, what you gonna average like fourteen points a game? Shit, the whole team go average fourteen points a game. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> getting fourteen, like shooting sixty percent, because niggas is gonna be wide open. Who you gonna leave open? He's turning to yeah. that. He's turning to that guy that you spent six hours hooping with when you was fifteen. That took off his shirt on the fifth game and played with the skins and was giving you buckets. <laughs> That's that's right. how that's how he that's how, that's how I feel about Kevin Durant now. He's you one hundred percent correct, yeah. man. It's it's like a big pickup game now. It's like yeah. all right, you holding a spot for your boy, and then like oh man, I did have you, but uh, I know dude right there, he got real game, so I'm gonna just let him exactly. run on my squad. <laughs> Sorry, homie. 
It's crazy. But at the end of the day, I don't see that. I don't see them winning next year. No. Hey? No. I don't see them winning. Oh, man, listen. What, barring injury? I'm going to use your line. Barring injury, man. Them cats is smashing dudes, dog. Who, whoever's in the finals next year with, with Golden State, because they should be there. But if you stay big against them, you got a shot. Three is more than two. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I do not see them winning at all. Well, break it down. Who you got? You got the Cavs again? Because let's keep it real. The Cavs are going back to the finals. Oh, yeah. The Cavs are, Cavs are going to walk through and go back to the finals. Now, here's the thing. We need Le- LeBron James need to go vegan so he could be super-duper healthy through the whole year because he's going to have to be <laughs> Oh, like, yeah. I knew I couldn't get through it without the vegan script, but it's all <laughs> he's good. He's going to have to be super, super, like, on it. Like, he can't have, like, no – he can't have no cramps. <laughs> he can't have none of that. He can't be on his period during the playoffs, none of that. He's going to need to be all the way turned up. Um. Jay, I'm gonna tell you who's gonna be the most important person in the finals, though. J.R. Smith. Shit, he's talking about they gotta break the bank. He was talking about that yo, we need to get at least uh nine a year. He said that, or not necessarily that number, but he said the same type of thing last year, and didn't it didn't happen. <laughs> they ended up being like, you gonna take this? He said, all right, cool, I'm gonna go ahead and take that then. So that ain't happened then. It ain't gonna happen this year. It's gonna be the same difference. But again, if J.R. Smith who, then they gonna win. They gonna turn up that defense. They need to go ahead and get Kyrie defense together. He did. He did pretty good. But they need to tighten him up a little bit. Kevin Love, man, I don't even know. But Kevin Love <laughs> gonna have to who? No, I know the key. Y'all favorite boy, Shump. <laughs> That nigga Shump, boy. <laughs> yeah, he was trash. <laughs> I, he was trash. I told you he was the reason they won. He got that hit that three and had the and one, and they end up winning by four. So technically, Shump is the reason they won. <laughs> With the rainbow. I think technically Kyrie is the reason. I knew the hype up around LeBron. Like, you one of those people that think uh, uh, Kyrie should have got MVP? Yes. And mm. I'm going to tell you why. I'm, I, I feel you on the whole stat line. Like, he has some – LeBron has some impressive games the second <laughs> half. But Kyrie was popping the whole time. And when Kyrie – Kyrie's points was coming in key situations. Like, Kyrie kept him in the game for whenever LeBron decided he was going to shoot the ball that he could do his thing. But Kyrie kept, got you there the whole way. You can't now be like, ooh, LeBron did this. They wouldn't even have been there for no, ooh, LeBron did this if Kyrie had kept him in the game. I personally was rocking with Kyrie. Mm. I think Kyrie's contributions were more important. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I was on the same. See, I knew I liked this guy. See. I knew I liked this guy. I knew y'all niggas on team, <laughs> old man. I knew I shouldn't have called y'all. I, I, told, I told Kev <laughs> that about a month ago we was having this conversation. Ah, month, about two months ago. Ah. And I'm like. Nah, I give it. He, to he was giving top five effort to me. He, he, he was, was. I mean, they definitely gave the effort. No way you can win the chill without giving effort. I just want to see Bron and Kyrie put up consistent effort throughout this season. I understand you to playoffs, you turn it up a notch and all that whole talk, but consistent effort. As long as you give consistent effort on, on my behalf, it's all good. And didn't didn't Birdman sign back with or sign with Cleveland? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So no, Khalid, he didn't. He didn't. All it. 
him and Jefferson got – I don't understand. This last I checked, they was verbal agreements. They still hadn't signed the paperwork. Mm. They want more money. <laughs> they want more bread. They verbally agreed, said, yeah, bet. Alan Crabb out here getting $75 million. They want more bread. Yeah, but you got to understand, Richard Jefferson was Richard Jefferson because he was playing on the team he played on. That's 100%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Birdman, I mean, he just, he not going to ever play. <laughs> he just another you body. He's just there. He just another body just in case. Now, that's another thing, too. Now, they couldn't have re-signed Mozgov. I wouldn't have paid him that money to the Lakers. Yeah, he went to your Lakers, baby. The Lakers. He the next big man for the Lakers. I mean, you got yeah. Kareem, Shaq, <laughs> Mozgov. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. Yeah, he – Mozgov is decent. <laughs> Look at you flipping. Stretching. Stretching. <laughs> no, when I say decent, I mean like – That nigga trash. Stop it, nigga, please. <laughs> If your team is super solid, it's like, okay, you got Mozgov. Because at the end of the day, it ain't that many centers. Like, I mean, he was just playing with LeBron, for God's sake. You don't get no better than that. We're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see. Yeah. Them 25, 30 minutes a night, we're going to see. He balled two years ago when Tristan first came on the scene. When they were like, oh, Tristan getting a lot. I don't know how getting a whole lot of reads make you a, a max player, but you know, this is a different NBA though. Like after you That's know a two fact. seasons ago in the playoffs, because he was, you know, what I'm saying pulling them boards down. They're gonna like we're gonna make you a max player. I'm like I thought you had to get buckets to be a max player, but hey, all kinds of reads. One more thing before we get you up out of here, man. I know you got a busy day on your on your plate, man. We can't, since we are kind of like, he's a DJ, I'm a radio dude, man. We can't let you get out of here without asking you what you think about the current state of uh, hip-hop. I like the current state of hip-hop. You know, I was hanging that goosey today. Um, <laughs> I think this whole thing about you got to pay homage to some old people who were just trying to get a check 30 years ago was retarded. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Rich homie Kwan don't owe like him nothing. Like, you was doing what you were doing, not for the culture. You was doing it because that's just what you like to do. And then all of a sudden, you got a check from doing it. All that we paid away, that's to me, a, they, they overhyping that. Old people like to over-exaggerate their situation sometimes. So since you brought up Rich Homie, uh, what do you think about him for getting Biggie's uh, verse? If he ain't rock with Biggie like that, then so what? Nigga, no. Nigga, no, nigga, no, nigga, no. Killer. The, he can't say yes to that gig then. Exactly. He, he gotta turn that gig down if he ain't if he ain't even comfortable with knowing ninety five percent of it going into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, My whole thing me. about it is that, you know what I'm saying, there's so many New York rappers that would know that verse. But I mean, when they said Rich Homie was gonna do it, I was like, Oh man, I'd be cool, you know what I'm saying? A younger cat get him out there and spit the bars. And he just started, uh, 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 Nino, Vito. I'm like, who are these people? Right. <laughs> who are these people that you're talking about? And then he started he doing the ad libs. He wasn't. He was the third pick. The other two people, I can't remember. I think Rick Ross was one, and I can't remember the other one. Um, but they had engagement. They couldn't do it, and then they came to Rich Home mm. to do it. Now, man, they could have grabbed dude that played Biggie in the movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, they could have got dude, cause he would have known. <laughs> and it would have been he known the, he at least known half the check. That would have been good. 
<laughs> at least half the check. At least. I mean, they could have got G. Depp a check. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Puffy. Oh, oh my goodness, this dude is wild, man. <sighs> but I, I think the, I think you know, hip hop is changing. Like you know, a lot of music is changing. I think these dudes. Um, I like to see the business end of it a little bit tighter, so they'll be in a better position. But as far as the music, man, it, it's some of the stuff that these dudes do that I like. It's some stuff that old niggas did when I was coming up that I ain't like. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to always be that. I think old people just need to quit being mad and saying people need to pay them homage because of something they, they did to better their situation a long time ago. But I think some of these young boys is, is, is cold. You know, Drake, my guy. Uh. You know, that chance to rap or chance is, yeah, chance yeah. is, dope. is, is, is nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If girls liked him more, he would be Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> you know oh, saying? my goodness, man. J-Mac, man, I appreciate you falling through the pod today, bro. Hey, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting you, man. I plan to be talking to you more. Yeah, man. Y'all, <laughs> I'll definitely make sure y'all get the intro uh, next year at the Black Tie. Oh, definitely. yeah. <laughs> All right, bro. Appreciate it. All right, y'all be easy. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my bro Jay Mac, man. Yeah, that was, him that go was, way back. That was a great, well-rounded conversation. You yeah, know, man, was, we touched on everything. Yeah, that was that was nice. That was uh, definitely uh, needs to be shared. You know, that was something. You know, you can learn from that. You can laugh at that. We can we had a good time with that. So. Absolutely, man. I got a quick uh, story, man. So uh, Friday, get off work, get to the crib, blah 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 blah. Turn on the TV. There's no TV. Mm. Grab the computer. There's no internet. Hmm. So it's like 4:30. I'm like, eh, whatever. I gotta jump in the shower, get in the car, get down to Cincinnati for the Cincinnati Music Festival. I got to see New Edition. So I'm like, <laughs> I ain't even gonna worry about it. Hey man, whatever. It'll come back on. Yeah. Get back to the crib like 2:30 in the morning. Same thing. I'm like, eh, it's 2:30 in the morning. I'll mess with it when I wake up. Zonk out. Wake up 9:30. All right, let's get the let's get the reboot in the system. <laughs> reboot everything in the crib. Nothing. So I had to run to the station, do my show. All right, whatever, whatever. I call when I get off. Do my show. Go have lunch with the homies. Get back to the crib. Still nothing. Reboot it again. Do all the troubleshooting stuff. Call the good peoples over there at uh, AT&T U-verse. I get to run around. I'm going through all types of prompts. Press one to pay your bill. No, my bill has been paid. Sorry. (laughs) Press two to do this. Press three to do that. Uh, This line is only for new customers. So I'm getting like the super run around. So wifey goes back down to Cincinnati, kicking with her girls for the Cincinnati Music Fest. So I'm at the crib, Dolo. Mm. I'm like, I can't Netflix. I can't watch nothing that's on DVR. So what do I throw in the wire? So I got the AC (laughs) bumping, pizza in the in the bed with me. I'm just chilling. I'm like, man, like an amazing night. It, may, it would have been amazing. TV. Exactly. So I'm watching The Wire. So I grab my phone. So I start tweeting at AT&T, man. Do you know that they told me they wouldn't be able to get out to my crib until Tuesday between the hours of 4 and 8? And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, hold on, bro. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Sunday is a real big thing for me because power comes on. So no and power. survivor's remorse. Yeah, man. And ballers. <laughs> Me and the wife was looking at DVR this morning. <laughs> so I'm just like, so, and then Monday, I got to hear the wife talk about, 
Love and Hip Hop or whatever the hell is she watching that on Monday and then Tuesday in between the hours of four and eight. So I just had to vent, you know. Yeah. So it's <laughs> the big thing about it. You, I got a big runaround when I try to make a phone call, but I start tweeting bad things about AT&T U-verse and they hit me right back on the DMs like, oh, sorry. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Send us your account number. We'll try to reboot it from our system. And they did all that and nothing happened, man. So that's what I'm dealing with, mm. man. So. I'm going to the movies today. I'm going to the mall today. Like, if yeah. I ain't got to, I can live without TV, but I can't live without the internet, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for these phones. Exactly. You would have been hurt if you had an extendo cord on that phone, <laughs> a rotary dial. You would have been hurting. Oh, my goodness, man. That is, yeah. that is a, that's the world we live in now, man. Take, we're so stuck on technology. It makes life so, like, it's funny you say that. Being with having this baby since Tuesday, you know, I want to shout out my wife. I know she be trying to listen to the podcast, see what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> so I know she checks in. So proud of her. She did a, you know, did a great job with the birth of our third child. Congrats, congrats, congrats. So I just want to shout her out real quick. But she did all the work. Oh, well, I actually delivered the baby, man. I what? Yeah, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't, wasn't that I wasn't going to share that, but it was just something for me. It was like this. This is gonna be the last one, so <laughs> might as well go all out. And uh, they, I was able to talk to them, you know, about being a medic in the army and you know all that. And she was like, "You want to deliver?" I'm like, "I mean, I wasn't telling you that for that, but I ain't no punk. Like, come on, I'm a punk. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm punk. I'm sitting there putting the gloves on. I'm struggling to put the gloves on. She's like, I thought you were a paramedic. I'm like, just give me a second. It's different when it's yours. You know, I was like, <laughs> hold on a second. So, but yeah, I got to deliver the baby. That was dope. But. As far as like being so tired from having the baby, like we've been sleeping like cat naps. The one of the nurses shared with us an app that you can track, you know, how much you feed the baby, mm-hmm. when you feed the baby, how much the baby, you know, poops, piss, you know, all that things that are they important. Got an app for that too, man. But it's it's amazing, bro, because we've been so tired. Like, when did the baby eat again? Like, I don't remember. What time was it? I had no idea. I was asleep. Me too. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, look at the phone. Oh, an hour and 54 minutes ago, you know, ate this much. Like, so technology, like having technology, man, it's like, like you say, gift and the curse. Like, man, you got to have it, bro. Got to have it. That's crazy to have an app for knowing when man. your baby takes a shit. And it, it does. And it's so, it, it gets so deep. I, it, it's way deep that I even got into it. But like, it'll have alerts come up where it'll talk to you about, you know, if you, you put in that, you know, maybe poop for the fourth time today. And they'll say, you know, alert comes up where t- talking to you about the importance of for the first, you know, five, six days of life. You want to match days of life to poops. You know, mm. like you if they're two days old, you're hoping for at least two poops, three, three, four. You know, so like it talks to you about those things to where you like you getting some insight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's dope. And it's like, wish I had this there in kid one because kid <laughs> one, I ain't seen for like four weeks. It was bad, bro, because. My PTSD, my anxiety, like every time she made a noise, I had to jump up and see what what she doing. Cover on her face, is she breathing? You know, like I was, right. I was going crazy, bro. That first child, so now I'm kind of, kind of back into that a little bit, being that it's been that long gap. Ah, uh, yeah. But I'm now, now I can be like, look, man, it's your third kid. She crying. She good. She just hungry. Go to sleep. But now I'm now what I'm dealing with is I'll be asleep and I hear and I'll be looking at the wife like. You're not sleepy, are you? Like, don't be holding her falling asleep. And I'm trying to like lecture her on stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she a mom. She's she got it too. Like, shut up. Just go to sleep. She'd be like, just go to sleep, man. 
I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> trying, but I can't. Right? So, yeah, but all in all, man, everybody's good and healthy, and we just we just a party of five now. So Awesome, man. That's <laughs> awesome, man. We're getting all types of knowledge today, man. Giving jewels. Yeah, man. Another one in the books. Much love. The bars and beyond. DeMarco always holding us down. You know you can follow us. Man, we all forgot. Shoot, we on iTunes now. Yeah, we didn't even announce that. Definitely yeah. got to plug that. Shout to the iTunes. We on the TuneIn app. Stitcher app. Yeah, you can find us now. So please, please share with your friends and fam. If you like what we talk about, if you're having a good time listening to us on Monday, going to work, in the gym, whatever you're doing during the week. You know, Team we, iPhone, we in the building. Yeah, we appreciate y'all. You can't make this up podcast is what you search for. Absolutely. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. Peace. Yup.